This is the Byron Bledsoe Podcast, Senior Pastor of C3 Church in Orlando, Florida. Thank you so much for checking out today's message. We hope this word encourages you and inspires you. Let's jump into the message. Hey, C3, man, it's so good to be back here with you guys. Man, I love hanging out with Pastor Byron, man. And you as a church, man, my fave anywhere, any day. I'm so glad to be here with you guys. Hey, you know, I was just thinking about this. Because I ask this question to a lot of people. And if you were to come and me ask this question, which is this. Hey, Robbie, man, what's your most meaningful kind of heart verse in all of God's Word? Man, you know what? Man, just like that, I could tell you what my favorite, my, that verse I cling to, I hold on to. That kind of, it goes to my mind like many times every day. Man, you know what? A lot of people that I know who have their verse out of God's Word is, well, John 3.16. Now, I like John 3.16. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him will not perish but have everlasting life. But that's an awesome verse. Matter of fact, that's kind of the main heartbeat of the core, the truth of the Bible, God's Word, that He, because of His love for us, sent His Son here to die for us. I love John 3.16, but that's not like my verse, my favorite, the verse I kind of I cling on to, that kind of runs through my head my heart many times every day. My favorite, my, my most meaningful verse in all of God's Word was written, was written by the Apostle Paul. Matter of fact, the Apostle Paul wrote many of the books that we have in the Bible, in the New Testament. You know, when I found out where the Apostle Paul was versus where he wasn't, all of a sudden, that verse just began to mean that much more to me. Let me tell you where the Apostle Paul was. And a few years ago, I, I was asked to, to do a conference. So matter of fact, Danny, a student pastor in Arkansas, called me up and he goes, hey, Pastor Robbie, want you to come lead this senior high conference for us. I said, man, sure. I said, uh, let me look. And he told me the dates. I opened up my MacBook Pro, looked at the calendar app. And man, sure enough, I had those dates open. I said, man, where's it going to be? He said, well, we're going to be in Breckenridge, Colorado. I'm like, Oh man, yeah, I know Jesus wants me to go there and lead that conference, you know what I'm saying? So man, I'm excited. I couldn't wait, man. I, I scored the plane ticket, flew out of Nashville, flew into Denver, Colorado, caught the shuttle, rode on over there to Breckenridge, met with the students that night. We had a great conference time that night, worship time, Bible study time. Well, the next morning, we're all getting up, putting on our ski bibs, getting our poles, getting our skis, and we head out to the mountain. Now, when he got to the mountain there at Brickridge, man, I, I, I rode that first ski lift up, right? And then I kind of walked over to the next ski lift because I want to go up a little bit higher. Took it up. And then I walked over to the third lift, which is T-bar. It's just where you hold on to it. And it took me all the way up to the top there at Brickridge, which was like, I don't know, 12, 13,000 feet above sea level. And dude, I, I'm ready. I'm ready to take this on. It's just cut some snow. And all of a sudden, before I jumped off to kind of go down that mountain, I just, I had to stop for a moment. And all of a sudden, I literally, I was held breathless. Not because I'm at 12, 13,000 feet above sea level, but because of all of a sudden, I'm just, I'm enamored. I'm blown away by the magnanimous beauty of the, of God's creation, those 14,000 feet mountain ranges, snow-capped Colorado Rockies. 
man, I just, I had to stop for a moment and just kind of just, just do a panoramic, just incredible, just drink it in view. You know, sometimes I hear people say, hey, I'm not sure there's a God. <laughs> man, I can just hear Medea saying, hello, you know, come on, man. You see the beauty of the creation. There has to be a creator. But as I'm standing up there, I was just uh, captivated. You know where the apostle Paul wasn't? He wasn't in Breckenridge, Colorado, sitting on the porch of his little chalet, sipping on a little latte when God spoke in and to and through him when he penned that verse that means so much to me. Let me tell you what else the Apostle Paul wasn't. A few years ago, I was asked to do a singles conference in Hilton Head, South Carolina. It was on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Spoke on the Friday night. I got through speaking on a Friday night. And a number of the singles that came up to me, they go, hey, man, glad you're here this year, man. Oh, I'm glad I'm here. And we're just kind of talking about where they're from, just kind of having conversation. And then one of them said, hey, we want you to do this thing with us that we do every year. I said, okay. No, no you, you, you'll want to do it. We do it every year. Matter of fact, the last few years, the speaker has always done this with us. <laughs> well, I got to do it now. So I'm like, well, what is it? They said, oh, Robbie, you're going to love us because every year on this trip, we get up at like 4.30 in the a.m. I'm like, <laughs> right, okay. And we walk to the head of the beach and we watch the sunrise. I'm like, it does? <laughs> I'm going to get me up at the crack of noon, boy. Y'all know what I'm saying? I'm like, man, I'm just like, oh, man. So I'd already agreed to it. I told him, I said, hey, somebody's going to come to my room and wake me up because I'm a deep, deep sleeper. So one of them agreed because I said, hey, dude, I mean, you know, I'm such a deep sleeper. I never forget my wife and I, Tina and I first got married. Man, you know, I had the alarm clock on our side of the bed. You know, the old school alarm clock that when it goes off that, well, I remember we'd been married a couple days and all of a sudden the alarm clock goes off and it's that annoying, and man, I reach over to, to hit the snooze button, right? Uh, and the alarm clock kept going off and out of frustration, you know what you do? You just reach over and you hit it again. And finally, after like the third time, my wife, Tina goes, stop it. I'm like, what? She goes, you're hitting my face. <laughs> so, man, you know, I, I really, man, I, morning's not my thing. So I, I'm like, okay, whoever it was came, got me that morning. I put my ball cap on and we, I walk outside. It's 4.30, right? Y'all know those happy morning people? They're like, they're always happy. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> and so we're walking. They have the beach and the happy morning people are just like excited. I'm like, okay, come on, man. I can't wait till I get back to my room when the sun rises. I'm going to get some more Z's, you know? I will never forget. I don't know exactly what time it was, 5, 5.15, 5.30. But when that sun crested on the Atlantic seaboard, all of a sudden, dude, I was... Man, I, I was drawn in. I was held captive by the beauty of God's creation. The gift God was giving me of another day. I wasn't angry at the happy morning people anymore. I was just, I was blown away by God's beauty, God's creation. You know where the Apostle Paul wasn't when God spoke in and to and through him? No, he wasn't on the eastern seaboard somewhere watching the sunrise of a new day. Let me tell you where the Apostle Paul was. See, back in his day, he was publicly speaking 
God's word, doing what your pastor, Pastor Byron does week in and week out. And where he was, in the place he was, it was against the laws, the magistrates of that day, and they rushed the apostle Paul. They arrested him, placed him in chains, and threw him in a jail for publicly just speaking the word of God. And it was there in that jail cell that God, through his Holy Spirit, spoke in and to and through the Apostle Paul. And that's where he penned the book of Philippians, which houses that one verse that is my verse, that one verse, man, that I just kind of hold on to, that one verse that, man, it just goes through my mind many, many times every day, man, just kind of, man, reverberates in my heart. That verse, Philippians chapter four, verse 13, that says this, I can do all things through him, who gives me his strength. I can do all things, not some things, all things. Man, we're going through a unique time, right? (laughs) Yeah, that's a no, duh. We're facing things that many of us thought we would never face before. And you see, that's in God's word and it's been in there and it's there for me to remind me that no matter what I face, no matter what I seem to kind of carry, and men, there's a lot of stuff we're carrying right now, right? No matter what I come up against, that promise is in there to let me know I can stand when I feel like I, I can't stand. I can take another step when I'm not even sure. I, I, can I take this step? I can take another breath when I feel like, man, everything's closed in on me. It's just getting tight right now financially and the decisions and what's going to happen. And I don't know. And everything changes from this day to the next day, from this week to the next week. God's word tells me that I, you, we can do all things through him who gives us his strength to handle walk through, endure, face. Man, I tell you, I've seen that verse. It's so many places. One of the first times I remember seeing it is a, a little kid growing up. My grandmother and grandfather lived in the Ozark Mountains in Missouri. And I would go spend summers there in this little old town, um, Mill Springs, Missouri. And, and I'd there at the foothills, the Ozark Mountains, and my grandmother had this cross stitching on the wall in her kitchen and it was Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through him, Christ, who strengthens me. That's one of the first times I remember seeing it. So maybe that's just one of those where that it kind of first kind of gravitated and kind of grafted to my heart and my head as far as just how it became special. But I think one of the most unique places I've ever seen that verse, my verse, that one I kind of cling, hold on to, I was in Fayetteville, Arkansas. I was doing a student conference. And I've been at this church two or three times in the past. And, and after being there this second or third time, Pastor David, he said, hey, Robbie, I know that you, you enjoy getting to go to the gym, kind of you get, kind of, kind of get out and get your system kind of all put back together. That's what she said you do when you get to the gym, kind of helps you get cathartic, so to speak. I said, yeah. He said, well, one of our lead guys, one of our volunteers, just happens to be one of the strength coaches at the University of Arkansas. Uh, and I'm like, man, okay. He goes, 
if you'd like to, next time you fly in town, he wants to take you uh, to, to, go, to go work out in the football complex. I'm like, <laughs> I'd love that. So the next time I flew into Northwest Arkansas, landed there at the airport, that gentleman, uh, he picked me up, jumped in his pickup truck, and we drove, drove right into Fayetteville, drove the University of Arkansas campus, drove up to the football complex, got out of his pickup truck, walked up, and he had a key because I said he was one of the strength coaches, unlocked the door. When he opens the door, it's like, hits the lights. Dude, this is a phenomenal facility. Not like anything I worked out when I was in high school. You know, this is like a whole nother level. And I'm like, wow, I'm just looking around going, man, this is incredible. And he goes, hey, Pastor Robbie, said, dude, I, I've got to go to a few meetings. How much time do you need? I'll come back and pick you up. I said, you know what, bro? I said, give me like, give me like an hour and a half. I'm going to get sore up in here. He goes, okay, man, I'll be back about an hour and a half. He left. I'm the only one in there, you know? I mean, when you're the only one in the weight room, you know, and you've got mirrors all along the wall, every once in a while you just kind of, you kind of notice yourself, you know what I'm saying? You kind of stop, kind of like pose down, you know? You kind of feel like a library book, you know? People just need to check you out. So I'm like, man, I'm, I'm lifting up, doing these different things, and I've been there about 15, maybe 20 minutes. And the same door that Coach and I came in earlier opened up, and three guys walk in. I'm talking, man, they made me look like a Smurf. <laughs> Huge guys. You know, the guys with no necks, guys that, you know, just, I mean, they're talking monosyllables. What's up, bro? It's like, <laughs> good conversation. One guy walks over to the flat weight bench, pops on not one, not two, not three, but four 45-pound plates on both sides. Now, that's a lot of weight. Lays down on the flat weight bench, pops the bar off, and puts up about like 18 warm-up, warm-up repetitions. Now, have you ever caught yourself just kind of staring, and you can't quit staring? You just, you're just stuck in stare mode? I literally, I'm just like, whoa, I'm just staring at this guy, and as he you know, racks back the bar and sits up. He looks at me. Well, I can't help no, so I'm just got Google staring. He's like, uh, he asked me this really intelligent question. He goes, hey, bro, you want to work in? <laughs> That's okay. Work the chest yesterday. I'm like, dude, no way. But as he sits up, he's asked me this. I couldn't help but notice on a huge old ham of left arm, a tattoo, tattoo of the cross. Above the cross, do my verse, Philippians 4, 13. I had to ask him. I said, dude, do what? Tell me, tell, tell what, what is that, bro? And I'm pointing his arm and I'm just trying to find the words because I'm still just blown away. This guy's lifting a bus, you know? And, and, and all of a sudden he, he points to it and he goes, it's a tattoo. I'm thinking, slow down, bro. I might be from Tennessee. Slow down, slow down. And uh, I said, so don't, don't tell me about it. And he takes his index finger and he outlines the cross. He said, it represents the cross that Christ died on for me. He said, above it, he said, man, that's, uh, that's my verse. That's the thing I kind of cling on to that's kind of helped me hang on when I felt like I couldn't hang on. Helped me kind of hang in when I didn't want to hang in. I said, really? And that's my verse. Now, I didn't say that to him, but that's what I'm thinking. And so I, I really want to, I want to hear him say it. So I said to you, what's it say? Now, did I need to ask him what it said? No, because that's my verse too. 
And then he looked at me and he goes, uh, it says, I, point to himself, can do all through Christ who gives me his strength. I'm like, yeah. So, wow, that's awesome, dude. He laid down, you know, kept pumping all that weight. And I went over and picked up my little five-pound dumbbells, you know, hello. And I said, uh, you know, I'm working out for a little bit longer. And I sat down on my bench, and he was over here on the other side of the gym. And I just looked over him and said, hey, uh, dude, can I ask you a question? He looks over me and goes, yeah, man. I said, man, you don't know me, but uh, I'm just curious. I said, that on your arm, is it really there? And I know you shared, but is it really there because it really is real inside here? Or just, I mean, some of you wanted, some of you thought, man, that'd cute, put on my arm. Cool tattoo. All of a sudden, I'll never forget, he kind of cocked his head, kind of like, side like that, kind of like, shook his head, and he stood up. Stood up, started walking toward me. Now, when he starts walking toward me, in my mind's eye, Dude, he's getting a whole lot bigger than I ever thought it was, you know? And all I'm thinking is, I'm about to die in Arkansas. And he gets right over the top of me and goes, uh, dude, are you for real? I'm like, yeah, bro. I just want to know, is all this, that right there, for real, pointing right to, right to the center of his chest, inside there. He steps back and he goes, yeah, bro. He said, let me tell you, as he outlined the cross again, he said, if it wasn't what Jesus did for me on the cross, he said, because one day, dude, one day I'm going to close my eyes. That's what he can do. That right there. He said, I'm going to close my eyes on this earth for the last time. When I close my eyes for the last time and I open them up in eternity, I know where I'm going to be because of what Jesus did for me on the cross. And he said, man, you don't know me. Yeah, that's what you said. I don't know you, but you don't know me. You don't know what I've gone through. You don't know what I've faced. You know what I've had experience in my life. You don't know the days I've wanted to give up, the days I've wanted to quit. The days I thought, is this all done? But that verse, dude, this isn't the verse that has let me, helped me hang on when I didn't feel like I could even hold. Helped me stand when I couldn't, didn't even feel like I could even stand. And he goes, yeah, bro. That right there, it's all real up in here. And I forget, he, he's walking back to his, his bench, and I remember he stopped about part way, and he looked back at me and goes, uh, you got any more questions, little man? That's <laughs> nah, okay, bro. We're good, we're good, we're good. I can do all things through him, Christ, who gives me his strength. I'll never forget, I was uh, at a church in Longview, Texas speaking. Pastor Richard Got these speaking on a Sunday morning. Just one of those mornings, I don't know why, but man, God was just really, it was just an awesome morning. I'm standing out front, Pastor Richard, some of the other leaders, and I couldn't help but notice on the far right side of the church, a young mom walking down that side of the, the building. Couldn't help but notice her because she had a little girl in her right hand, another little girl in her left hand, and tears streamed down both sides of her cheeks, and she Makes her way to little beelines, Pastor Richard, when she gets to him, just explodes. And just the word, why? Yeah, we've all asked that word, right? Why, why, why? When she started saying that, it's like, well, why did he leave? Why did this happen? Why me? Why now? 
I'll never forget seeing Pastor Richard's wife gather a number of the ladies down front around together, and they got around that young mother who her husband had just walked out earlier that week and just shirked his responsibilities as a dad, as a husband. And they gathered around her and they, they knelt down together and just prayed God's strength in her life. And talked through, hey, you know, God's word says that he will be the father to the fatherless. And that no, you can't in your own power, but you can because he can. Through you. I can do all things through him. Through Christ. Who gives me his strength. I love the story of Mark. Mark Wellman. I don't know if you know who he is or anything about his story. But Mark Wellman always had the hunger and desire and goal. He wanted to climb and scale El Capitan in Yosemite National Park. Well, the thing that was kind of his nemesis is that Mark's a paraplegic. So it's like, he, it's, it's like he, he, he couldn't scale it. He couldn't get all the way. He couldn't, he couldn't get past a certain point. Well, the solution, Mark had a friend, Mike Corbett. Mike knew that his friend, Mark, hungered and desired to complete that, to scale that, to conquer that. So Mark's friend, Mike, he planned and worked out where he himself climbed and scaled his way up to the pinnacle three times by himself to find the best route to help his friend, Mark, make that climb. And on his fourth time, he took his friend Mark with him. They got about halfway up El Capitan, and there was a, like the point of no return, a point of like, Mark's gotta, gonna, will need help to reach the pinnacle. Mike, his friend, had fashioned a special harness that he had carried with him on that fourth climb where he brought his friend Mark with him, help his friend Mark achieve, complete, make this a reality in his life. And he helped his friend Mark get into this special harness and he basically fashioned where Mark would hold on and climb on his back. And all of a sudden, click. And he locked that harness in. And that second rung of that, the the last part of it, Mike climbed with Mark on his back all the way to the top. And when they got to the top, Mike said he could hear Mark behind him who was still on his back. He felt him, first of all, lift his hands. You know, that kind of, oh, that victory lift. And and all of a sudden he, he heard him say, I did it. I did it. And then, <laughs> then he said, I heard my friend Mark said, no. And he hit his buddy on the shoulder, Mike, and said, we did it. We did it. 
You and I have a friend. And God's word tells us that that friend sticks closer than a brother. That that friend was willing to give his life for us. That friend, Jesus. He can carry us. He can take us through. We can lean on him. We can hold on to him. And see, I know. I know that he can carry me to a place I never thought I could go. Help me walk through something I never thought I could walk through. Help me endure that thing that I feel like I can't really do this because my friend, your friend, Jesus, he carried our cross. He carried our sin. And we can because he did. And he can. Would you do this with me right now? In your home, watch it, wherever you are. Man, I was just closed today by just praying. Asking you right now where you are. Asking God's strength. Asking that this verse, Philippians 4.13, that would become a true promise, a reality in your life. That, man, what I'm going through, what I'm facing, what I'm fearing, what I'm struggling with. Right now, God's going to give me that strength to hold on. That, that strength to face, to walk through. But you know what else? Many of you today, the prayer you need to pray is the prayer of saying, you know, Jesus, I know who you are. But Jesus, I never ask you to be that friend in my life. You see, when Jesus died on the cross for you, for me, he died on the cross to give us a way that when this earth's done, just like that football player said, man, I know where I'm going to spend eternity. But not just that, John 10, 10, God's word tells us that he came that we might have life with a capital L, abundant, full. And some of you, just life's not been full because you're missing. You're missing that thing that we all need, that relationship with Jesus. And Jesus, in Revelation, he says in chapter 3 that he stands at the door, the door of our life. He knocks. He wants to come in. He won't force himself in your life. He didn't force himself into my life. He didn't force himself into Pastor Byron's life. But Pastor Byron made a choice many years ago. I made a choice many years ago that I wanted to open the door of my life and say, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I want you. Will you come into my life and be the friend beyond all friends, to be my Savior, to be my life. So you know what, today, wherever you are, in just a moment, I'm, I'm gonna, I'll ask you, man, I, I encourage you, just pray this simple prayer. I'm gonna help you through this prayer. A prayer of saying, Jesus, come into my life. Jesus, I want you. Jesus, I need you to help me, carry me knowing that because he did, you can. Because he can, we can. Would you pray with me? Let's pray together. God, I, I pray right now for those, man, that, God, you're knocking on the heart's door. And right now, with your heads bowed, your eyes closed, your home, wherever you are, Jesus wants to come into your life, but you've got to open up the door of your life. If you'll just pray this, Say, dear Lord Jesus, 
That's right. Just pray that. Say, dear Jesus, I need you. Pray that. Say, Jesus, I want you. Pray this. Say, Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart. Jesus, come into my life. Be my Savior. I need you. Now, now pray this. Finish that prayer by praying this. Say, Jesus, thank you for being a friend beyond all friends and coming to my life and being my Savior. If you just pray that prayer, your head still bowed, your eyes still closed, man, greatest choice in all life and eternity. And let me finish this prayer. Just pray over those of us all over who are listening. Father, thank you for your promise, for your truth that lets us know that we can, through you, Jesus, do all things. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks so much for joining us today. We hope this message encouraged you and inspired you. Would you share it with someone that you're connected with? And also, if you want to be a part of supporting this incredible life-giving movement, you can text C3 Orlando to 77977. You can also go to our safe and secure giving website at givec3.cc. Listen, we love you guys. We're praying for you. We'll see you next week.